0: Grant for leading our songs today. It's been nice to sing with you guys and to talk with you guys and meet. I don't even know if I've met half of you, uh, but I've enjoyed getting to talk to some of you and hope to continue to meet you and talk over the course of this afternoon and tomorrow as well. Okay, one more movie reference, although I may make one tomorrow uh, during Bible class, we'll see. But uh, anybody seen or read the book? Ender's Game, is that up here? Ender's Game. What? I went all the trouble to copy and paste. Oh, it's on. See, we just leave ours on at home, you know, and drain batteries. We don't care, you know, but uh, conservation, I like it. Okay, Ender's Game. Who can, who can, who's seen it? Raise your hand or read the book. Okay. Uh, anybody want to try to summarize it? Uh, let me ask you this: What are they doing throughout the throughout the movie? Training. They're training and training what, and what? Strategy. Yeah, but like yeah, they're they're playing a game, yeah. okay? They're, and they're training to play this game. And what's the big punchline? This is gonna be total spoiler for everybody that hasn't seen it. But the punchline of the movie is what? They learn at the end. They've been training. They've been playing this game to like you know invade and you know. Uh, attack this world. What do they learn at the end? Real, real ships. Yeah, it's real. It's not a game. By the way, it's not really a spoiler. I found one movie poster. It says on the movie poster, "This is not a game." I thought you just ruined the whole movie. You know, that's the that's what happens in the movie. They're playing a game and invading, you know, another world and you know, flying ships and shooting and stuff. And at the end of the game, they realize it wasn't a game, and they actually destroyed this entire planet and a whole species of. Living beings and the kids are all upset, you know, because the adults made them do it, and all that. Um, I like this because we in the last session we talked about a movie like Ready Player One, and we talked about you know you live in these virtual reality worlds. Social media is like it's not real life. We said that, okay, and it's not the real world. Um, but here's the thing: it kind of is the real world because when you're on social media guess what, it's, it's still you that's on there and you're still seeing things and doing things and you're accountable for that. And it occurred to me that uh, we use social media and we comment and we post and we talk to people and every so often we have these, um, I'm gonna call it an ender's game moment where you realize like, oh this isn't a game. And I just said something that I can't take back and it did a lot of damage. It hurt somebody's feelings, um, it was a lie. I mean, you could go down the list, but you realize, oh wait a second, this is not a game. You know? And you, through your virtual communication in this you know, virtual reality world on social media, actually did harm to somebody. And you can't take that back. Um, so, in a sense, like we talked about before lunch, In one way, social media is not real life, and so we want to kind of break ourselves out of this uh, fake reality of Instagram and Facebook and Twitter and Snapchat and live in the real world, but if we're going to use these platforms and use social media, we need to be aware that that itself, it is real. What we're doing on there, it's really us, and we're saying things and we're doing things that have real consequences, and we need to be aware of that. We've talked about Paul's language in the book of 1 Corinthians, and we uh, talked about this one in the previous session, where Paul says, Okay, all things may be lawful for me, but not all things are profitable. And in chapter 10, he, uh, he's talking about, in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, he's talking about uh, the, the topic of eating meat that has been sacrificed to an idol. Now, that seems weird to us, like it has no relation But um, Paul, this is a real issue in the church at Corinth, okay? Um, They had idols in their society, and people would offer sacrifices, it's a form of worship, to these idols. And the question is, if there's been a sacrifice made to an idol, a false god, and then, you know, that meat is offered to me or it's sold at the marketplace, can I eat meat that has been a sacrifice to a false god? Is that okay? And Paul's discussing that. He has a lot to say about that topic. We're not here to talk about that right now. But basically, uh, that's why he says what he says here. He says, okay, um, for instance, he talks about the fact that a, you know, an idol is not really a God. There's only one God, so an idol is nothing. So just because meat's been offered to an idol uh, doesn't really mean anything. So you'd say, okay, well, it's, it's okay to eat meat sacrificed to idols. There's nothing wrong with it. Remember our question earlier, is it a sin too? And you say, oh, it's not a sin to eat meat sacrificed to idols. But Paul's point here is to say, but what about other people? What, what about if I have a brother or a sister in the church that does think that that's wrong or is struggling, you know, coming out of idolatry and they're weak in their faith? Will it build them up? Will it edify them? Okay, and that's, that's why Paul says, all things may be lawful. It may be okay to do it, but if it doesn't build up other people, if it's, if it's discouraging to other people or it's a cause of a stumbling block in their faith, um, then I need to reconsider. Okay? So it's in that context that he goes on to say this. This is how he kind of ends that discussion. and This is going to set up our lesson right now. He says, okay, when whatever you do, whether you eat or drink, whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. And he gives himself as an example, saying, Just as I also please all men in all things, not seeking my own profit, but the profit of many, so that they may be saved. Be imitators of me, Paul says, just also as I am of Christ. Whatever you do, do all the glory of God. And that's what I want to say now about your use of social media in particular. That's what we're talking about. Okay. I want you to do all the hard thinking that we talked about before lunch and come to the conclusion that you need to come to personally about whether you can, whether you need to get off or whether you need to get off maybe one platform and you know, maybe stay on another one or set boundaries for yourself or set limits, or whatever it is, okay? Make that decision. But if you're gonna continue to use social media, then I wanna say this. Whatever you're gonna do, tweet, snap, You know, uh, post, comment, do it to the glory of God. And that's what we're going to talk about in this uh, final session today, Uh, using social media, if we're going to do that, doing that to the glory of God, glorifying God with our use of social media. And like I said before lunch, I think you're going to be able to make a lot of these points uh, for me. That's going to make me very happy, you know. So... um, these are the questions I wanna ask you. First of all, from your experience, you've been on social media, you've seen people post, you yourself have posted things that you probably regret. Right? So the first question I'm gonna ask you is, what kind of posts? what kind of online activity uh, does not glorify God? Okay? What does glorify God? What have you seen that is, you think is good, is praiseworthy, and could be imitated? And then we'll end with some final considerations about checking myself um, and making sure that I am using it correctly when I'm on social media. Uh, but again, with each of these two questions, I wanna start with you. So, I'm gonna put the clicker down. I'm gonna ask you, what have you seen online? Um, with this first category, let's not name names, right? When we're praising, maybe we could, you know, give people props if, you're, if you wanna do that, but, uh, you know. Don't, don't tell us who you, who you saw a post or whatever, but think of examples of things you've seen that are not glorifying to God um, on social media. And let's talk about it. What would you say? Jokes about God? Would you elaborate a little bit, uh, Ben?
1: Okay.
0: Okay, so the the ridicule of faith and of belief in God. Okay, yes, sir? And taking the Lord's name in vain. Okay, taking the Lord's name in vain. Thank you. Other ideas? Yes, sir? Inappropriate clothes. clothes. You mean like posting pictures of of yourself uh, dressed immodestly. Okay. Other? We got time here. I mean... You know, so I'm, I'm happy to wait and, and hear y'all's responses, and maybe we can dig into some of these a little more. Yes, sir, JP? Death threats. Death threats. So you're talking about like a, kind of bullying online? Yeah. Okay. So let's, let's pause on this one for a little bit. Um, have you ever noticed that people can be really nasty online? Okay. Um, why do you think that is? Because I'm going to guess that most people... That say nasty things online would never say that to you, like the death threats thing. I mean, that's a real thing. It's horrible that people say those kind of things. They would never say it, you know, to someone's face. What do you think that is? Any theories about that? Yes. Ma'am? Um, well, it's very possible that you have an account which hides your identity,
1: so you don't know. Hmm.
0: So anonymous activity is one thing, and then the other thing is not actually seeing the person who's affected by it, that separation. Thank you. Owen? Um, Well, since you're
1: online
0: and you're both miles from each other, they can't do anything. Yeah, uh, exactly. They're limited on what they can do in response because, you know, you're not right there in the same room, you know. Um, This is a real thing. People are, and it's not just with meanness, by the way, but somebody asked about that. One of the comment, or the questions that came through on the Google Forms was about why is it that people are so mean and hateful online when they wouldn't be that way in real life? Now, obviously, people can be mean and hateful and face-to-face, but they're much more so prone to be that way online. And I think you guys have hit. I think it's that separation. It goes back to what we talked about in the previous session that we kind of forget when we're on. Uh, on social media or online we forget weirdly that we're interacting with real people and so it's easier to you know we get more bold more creative we throw things out there um, and uh, we we forget that uh, well a couple things one we're really hurting people and the comment that was made earlier uh, was that online it's anonymous now as a Christian what do you have to remind yourself it's true of everybody of course but we know it to be true what what, what, what would we say about anonymous online activity I mean, uh, w- yeah. it's not really anonymous after all, right? Um, because if nothing, now, it's probably not as anonymous online as you think it is because you're, we're all, you're being traced and tracked and, you know, people can figure out who it is, right? Um, but even if you think that you're acting under this cloak of invisibility or an- an- anonymity, um, it's not anonymous to God. And everything that is said, everything that is posted and commented um, is seen by the Lord. And again, that's what we're talking about. This is real life. You're not hiding or doing something fake just because it's on a computer uh, phone screen. Okay. Cool. Uh, other ideas. So we, we've had, uh, you know, ridicule of faith and unholy type of speech Um Bad language, you know, taking the Lord's name in vain. You could expand that to bad language that's used online. Um, you know, that's that's a doesn't glorify God. Meanness and bullying. Um, other things you want to say. Other things you've seen that are that do not glorify God. So I would say this. I would maybe push you to use what we've learned. This this. Uh, this morning. I think everything for the most part that's been said already falls under the category of a sin that people also do online, right? So the meanness and the bullying, you know, that's it's it's sin, you know, that's being unkind and that's a sin. And so to do that online is 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 people do it and it's wrong. Try to think the way that we were talking earlier. What are maybe some things that um, you would say, oh, maybe it's not a sin to post or to do XYZ on social media, but it doesn't glorify God? Politics. It, politics. I mean, now we're really just t- lighting a match and throwing it on the fire. We're just going to blow this thing up here. Um, what do we mean by that? You want to you elaborate, Bowen? This is... On your head, not mine. About politics,
1: their being is, even mean about it
0: oh, but everyone's real calm and reasonable on social media about political questions, right? Isn't everybody like real, you know, controlled and, you know, says things that are always kind and understanding and all that kind of stuff? Yeah. Jasmine? Okay, so Jasmine says... Apologies. Good thing the cap was on. Uh, so Jasmine says that there are things that you, you know, at a discussion, so let's not, we're talking politics. We're, we're just going for it, okay? So political discussions, current events, whatever, that there's a difference between the way you get talked about online or on social media and in person. What are some of those differences? Jasmine's kind of explained one or, or mentioned one, which is that you can't, like, further explain something. Okay, what would be some other differences, or what are some differences between having these kind of, maybe they're important conversations, but they're tense, and they're controversial. What's another difference of doing it online versus doing it in person? You can't explain, your opinion. You can't explain it. Yeah, the, yeah the, the body language and the non-verbals. You ever notice that you're having kind of a tense conversation with somebody, and it's important to like see their facial expression, right? Um, Jokes, right? You say, oh, I was just joking. I, I wasn't being serious in the post. Well, how am I supposed to know? I can't see that you're joking or, or me pick up on that. Um, limited character, at least like something like Twitter. Um, I, don't, I don't really know how Instagram works. Uh, Facebook, I guess you have longer. But you have limited space. You can't, you know, you got to like condense your opinion into 160 characters, right? Well, you can't really accomplish a whole lot in a meaningful discussion if you only have a short little space to do it, okay? So you'd say, oh, I'm just posting my opinion. But that can actually do more harm than good because it's not really the place to have that kind of conversation, okay? Cool. So political uh, discussions um, engaged in an unhelpful way online. Other things like that that you say, well, it's not really a sin, but... It doesn't glorify God. Yes, Grant. I've seen people who go out and do a good deed or help out someone and then they are not doing it for the sake of the good work, they're doing it to get lights and to get notoriety for themselves. that's not glorifying God, it's glorifying themselves and what they can do. Yeah. Self I mean it's maybe as well, talk about it earlier, but it's yeah, it may even have stemmed from something good or appears good, but it's um You guys have anything in the Bible about that? What do you maybe remember from the Bible about? Uh, yeah, I remember Jesus re- rebuked the Pharisees for that sort of thing. Okay, doing good but doing it to appear righteous before men. Social media just makes it that much easier to do that. Okay, I remember reading one thing about somebody saying that it, this was a college student that was saying this, saying that it, it used to be the case that you would do something, you know, whether it's uh, fun or you know vacation or maybe something like grant subscribing a good deed. And then later on, he'd say, I'm going to let people know about that. And so you post it on social media. Well, now what it is is, you know, you think, oh, I'm going to go do this thing so that I can then post about it and everybody can see. You see how the motivation gets flipped uh, once, you know, you start thinking in terms of, oh, I'm going to do this so that I can post it, so that everybody can see it. That's really just more about promoting self. Not glorifying God, as Grant points out, it's glorifying ourselves. Other, Other examples or things? by just one person, and then you're all posting about how, like, oh, I had so much fun hanging out with so-and-so, and it was just the best time ever, and then that other person sees that, and then they feel left out, and yeah. yeah, that's really tough, um, and some things like that, you may not even know what you're doing, but, if you, it, but social media, just it's so visible. Everybody's life is on view, and so people's feelings can, can easily get hurt. Um because uh, you know they feel they feel left out. okay thank you that's a good example. Anything else on things that don't glorify God and maybe especially things that may not be wrong well yeah sinful, you know what I'm saying but you're not a teen, so you, you know. oh you were you were you're pointing to him, yes sir. Uh, what I see has to offer, and it may not be directly something that doesn't God, but what it causes and what it spreads and what it creates. Sure. Opening yourself up, sharing too much information, personal information perhaps, or, um, you know, I, I, as you were saying that, I thought maybe you were going to say, it's another version of that, sharing information about other people, right? Like this, this kind of like uh, creates a situation in which gossip is really, you know, Uh, Much easier because you're you're seeing and you're saying things about other people, but your point is uh, We make ourselves vulnerable by opening ourselves up by sharing too much information Um, Not everybody needs to know everything about our life. That's kind of a you know good thing to keep in mind, right? Uh, But on social media again, we're encouraged to just share it all put it all out there and that may not always be the wisest thing Okay, all right um, a few things here, and we've, we've, I think, actually touched on most of these. Um, just remember this. That this, to me, is scary enough when it comes to our actual words that come out of our mouths. When Jesus says, on the day of judgment, people will give an account for every careless word they speak. For by your words you will be justified, by your words you will be condemned. To me, that's even scarier thinking about what we post on the internet, right? That everything we comment, post, every direct message we send, every text that we send is visible before God and will be judged for it. Uh, so idleness and just carelessly throwing things out there, we have to be on guard for that. Anger, uh, people just love to be angry online. Um, just, that's what we do on social media As we get outraged about things and Paul warns about just that kind of outrage mentality and expressing our anger in that way. Um, This has already been said, but divisive speech. Things that are going to be said that just stir people up um, and get people upset. Division online. Things that are false. Uh, This does, I guess, fall into the category of just straight up sin, if we want to call it that. Um, But Exodus 23 warns about spreading a false report. Uh, A couple of things I I will stop and say about this, because somebody asked on the question and answer, how do you discern between what's true and what's false online? Isn't that really hard? There's so much information out there on social media. How do you know what's true and what's not, right? Um, and how do you keep your faith in the middle of all these kind of conflicting ideas that are being thrown at us online? Uh, a couple things I would say. One, I think that's one of the benefits of limiting your exposure, okay? If you're just always seeing stuff all day, every day, then that becomes overwhelming, and it's like, how do I even sort through what's what's true and what's false, what's good and what's bad. Um, but understanding where things come from, uh, whether it's news or whether it's even just people posting things, everything has a, a slant, has an angle. Okay? Don't just straight up take things as, oh, well this must be true because it's on the internet. And what's dangerous about this the spreading of a false report is how easy is it to say, you know, share this or retweet this. Okay? And you didn't really read what you're sharing or retweeting or didn't check to see if this is really true. And that's a real danger, spreading things that are false. We need to be discerning. Um, and again, it's helpful to step out of the world of social media and look into something, research something, talk to somebody about it, an adult, your parents, and say, I saw this online. Is this really true? Uh, and look into it, especially before you go out and then share it with other people. We need to be uh, aware of spreading things that are false filthiness. Um, I'm reminded of the comment about, uh, mo- about modesty. Um, I've been struck by that, that uh, people will post pictures of themselves wearing things. I guess they're not, a, you know, I mean, they shouldn't be wearing it for anybody, I guess, but you understand like elders of the church are seeing this and, you know, ladies from church are seeing this, that like, you wouldn't walk into here wearing that, but you post it online wearing it. And, uh, I think it might fall into the category of the, the purity that we're intended to uphold um, and not just falling in line with, there's, I mean, there's so much filthiness out there on the internet, and so we don't want to get caught up in that, either by viewing it or by participating it, in it ourselves. And I'll give you one more, and then we want to talk about uh, what we do want to do, talk about the positive here. Covetous, um How much of what we see on social media is basically just like selling stuff, right? Instagram influencers, ads. I mean, it's all about go get this new product, buy this thing, you know. I forget what it is. Swipe up or swipe down to, you know, get the Amazon link, you know, um, get the discount code. So much of what's on on social media is about just like having more stuff and getting more stuff. And that's a covetous mindset. Um, I don't have this. This influencer has it. I want it. Uh, or this person is posting, you know, with this new thing, I want that. Um, or we post about products or about merchandise. That's just, and really all it is is we're, materi- we're being materialistic and we want stuff that's not ours. Um, so we need to be careful about that as well. Okay, so uh, that's a brief discussion of things that don't glorify God on social media. But same question, reversed. And I do want you to think about what you've seen and we can, wait, we can think of, of, of good ideas, too. But have you seen things on social media and you think that was good? That was, that was refreshing that I saw someone do this or say this or post this. What can be done on social media that does glorify God, that is beneficial? Posting verses. Posting verses. Okay, so sharing scripture and then encouraging thoughts along with that. Yes, sir? Okay, spreading information about gospel meetings, teen weekends, right? I need everybody to go on social media when we're done and say, these were the best lessons I've ever heard. You know, Daniel Broadwell's so awesome. You know, that's what I want everyone to do. Fill up social media with praising me. That's what I want. Please. It's a joke. You don't, you don't have to take it seriously. Okay, I'm just kidding. Um, we mentioned this earlier, part of it is you're pushing on social media people to get together, but some of it is it's good, it's good advertising in the best way, because you're saying, hey, there's good Bible lessons going on, there's Christians getting together, there's, you know, uh, you should go hear it, posting, posting those things. Okay. Other, so we have scriptures and encouraging thoughts, we have uh, sharing the word about uh, events in the area. Like, uh, our church, when somebody's not here, we're able to
1: post a video of
0: the sermon. Okay. Posting videos of sermons or the service, that's occurred to me recently as well because um, you know, not everybody, maybe most people that we interact with hasn't been in a, in a, maybe in a worship service setting like what we do every Sunday. Um, and they may not feel comfortable coming in the doors at first to be part of our worship. But if you, know, you post a video, say, here was the sermon from Sunday, they get a chance to experience being in the assembly, so to speak, and seeing what that's like uh, which may then be a good encouragement for them to say, oh, I want to go check that out or be a part of that or something. Um, other thoughts? Yes, ma'am. Um, I've seen a lot of people who used to live in lives of sin, like them telling their story about... Mm-hmm. Yeah, so a personal testimonial. So, uh, uh, um, of this is what happened to me. Um, This is the mistakes I made. This is the sin I fell into, and then this is what the Lord did for me. Uh, Sharing that story. Thank you. Yes, ma'am. building each other up. Remember what we said about social media? That this is the hard thing. Social media, at first, seems to be all about what? Me. Like I, you know, what do you think? What do you want to post? Your pictures. When you do that, who are you thinking about when you're taking that kind of approach? Yeah, You're getting on. You're thinking, you know, I want to be thoughtful of these people. Okay? Uh, how can I encourage them? What can I say to build them up? Okay? And that can, that can actually happen. Um, in comments or on, on posts. And stuff. Other thoughts about good things, good activity, hold, uh, you know, glorifying God by things that we do online? So, what, so you say not divisive. So let's work on our antonyms here. What would be the opposite of divisive? Uplifting? Let's, let's get closer. What's the opposite of divisive? This is like, I'm, I'm sorry, I know school doesn't start for another week, but I'm like pushing you on English here. Unifying, unifying. So how can you be unifying online or, or via social media? We, we understand how you'd be divisive, because we, you know, we all do it every day, but how do you be unifying on, online or on social media? Bringing people together, that's what that word means, I guess. Harder to think of, huh? How can you be uni- a unifying force on social media? Yes, ma'am. Um, inviting people to your house to do a Bible study. Inviting people to your house to do a Bible study. Using... the. As opposed to, think about the difference between that and most of us use social media as a way to like do a slam dunk on people that they don't agree with. Okay, but what if social media was a way to reach out to somebody that, that isn't like you, doesn't agree with you, and say, hey, let's have a relationship. Okay, uh, come over, we can talk about it, you know, that kind of thing. Other ways you can think about that it there would be a unifying ways to be unifying force. It's a cop-out answer, but you can't just say we've already said it. You know, <laughs> like well, it's true. So... No. So this is this is hard. Um, some of the, some of what we talked about again, we talked about political um, content, which which is maybe we see that a lot of that. Um, again, it's so easy to say I'm right, right? I have the right answers. Everybody else that doesn't agree with me is, you know, an idiot. Basically, okay. Um, think about what the opposite of that might look like, and saying things online that demonstrate, hey, you know, I'm open to having a discussion about this. Right. Now, some things that get talked about on social media are, uh, there's, it's, it's. We're talking about sin, and there really is no room to say, well, I'm, you know, I'm open to, to the, well, if it's, it's a sin, it's a sin, but we can still show a spirit or if it's things that, that it's just a disagreement of opinion, well, you can post in a way that says, hey, I don't have all the answers. This is what I think. I want to hear from the other uh, side on this. Okay, And demonstrate a spirit of understanding and, and thoughtfulness. But uh, I think our silence on that question demonstrates it's, it's hard to know how to do that. And maybe the best answer is to not have the discussion on social media and just have those discussions in. Uh, and face-to-face conversations that are more beneficial for that. Anything else you want to say about how to glorify God on social media? Yeah, oh, yeah, Grant. Yeah. Yeah. And lots of forms of that. Thank you, Grant. There's lots of forms of that um, at... Our congregation, we have a men's chat, uh, an app called Telegram. Um, So the men of the congregation are just chatting pretty frequently throughout the week. And it serves that same exact thing. We're not just checking in with each other on Sundays and Wednesdays. We're checking in. So I know people use Facebook groups or other types of kind of group messaging apps uh, to, um, to continue to communicate. And especially if someone's going through something difficult, they have that connection throughout the week. And you can check in with them and say... You know, how are you doing, or, you know, here's an encouraging thought for you, keep you going this week, whatever. Um, that's good. Other, other thoughts? I'll, I'll run through the ones I had here. And then we'll move towards, uh, towards a close here. Um, we mentioned this, being thoughtful. Uh, just think about what James says here in James 1 and think about, you know, Is this the way people use social media? Know this, my beloved brothers, let every person be quick to hear, slow to speak, right? Slow to comment, slow to hit send. Um, For the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. If we're just on social media commenting on everything that makes us angry, uh, we maybe need to, to heed the advice of James here, the instruction of James here that says, you know, be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger. Think, be thoughtful about what you're doing. Um, We talked about being understanding, uh, using patience, bearing with one another in love, eager to maintain the unity of the spirit and bond of peace. Um, So wanting to bring people together as opposed to um, pushing people away. Making sure it's true, speaking the truth in love, um, and not putting anything out there that is is false. And then uh, things that are pure, and that represent a light in the darkness, and not just more darkness. Okay, so let's end with some closing thoughts here. Going back to our verse. So uh, you flipped there earlier. I would encourage you to turn back to Philippians chapter 2 if you want to do that. Let's wrap up with a few things here, starting in Philippians chapter 2. Okay, we basically read this passage earlier. I'm going to start a little bit earlier in the text and read starting in verse 3. I think that says 5 on the board. It should be verse 3. Philippians 2 and verse 3, where Paul says, Do nothing from selfishness or empty conceit, but with humility of mind regard one another as more important than yourselves. Do not merely look out for your own interests, but also for the interests of others. Have this attitude in yourselves, which was also in Christ Jesus, who... Although he existed in the form of God, did not regard equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself, taking the form of a bondservant, being made in the likeness of men, being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Okay, here's the point I want to make in this lesson. Our calling, what it means to be a Christian, you've heard this a million times, what it means to be a Christian is to be like Jesus, okay? To imitate him, to follow him, to live the way that he lived. Okay, walk the way that he walked, right? And again, as we started with this lesson, if that's true, just you know, walking around every day, going to school, going to work, it's true when you're on online as well. It's true when you're on social media. That being a Christian online means imitating Jesus, being like Jesus, even in what you do when you're online. Maybe especially what you do when you're online, because of all the misuses of it. Okay, so th- just think about this with me. What if, or what would it look like if I posted nothing online that came from selfishness or empty conceit? Okay? That's what Paul says, do nothing from selfishness. So what if I didn't ever post anything on social media that came from selfishness or from empty conceit, right? That empty conceit is that idea that we talked about earlier, vanity, wanting to appear a certain way to other people. Post nothing, Paul might say, uh, from selfishness or empty conceit. What would it look like if my online activity was me not merely looking out for my own personal interests, okay? that it wasn't about me? What would it look like if online I regarded or counted other people as more important than myself? And what might it look like if I Use social media to look out for the interests of other people. You see, this really is a a total shift of of thinking. Uh, It's getting online to say, how can I serve other people? How can I be an encouragement to others? How can I be a blessing to other people, right? Um, In some ways, that's hard to do because social media is just not set up to do that very well, it's so self-focused. But we can beat the system, I think. Uh, We can find ways, as we've talked about, to get on social media, use uh, these uh, online communications to make it not about us, but about building up other people. And really in the end, it's this, that we have the mindset of Jesus. Everything I do online, I have to ask myself, am I being like Jesus? Am I showing his attitude, his likeness in what I post and what I comment and what I say online? So I have a little bit of a checklist for you. Um, how to ask yourself, am I being like Jesus? Okay. First thing you should do before you post or comment anything is, is not. Is stop. Okay. Um, I, I, maybe we're moving towards this. It would be great if every time you hit send or post or comment, it popped up and it was like a 30-second or a minute you know, timer and said, are you sure? Are you really sure you want to post this? Okay. Are you triple sure? You know, whatever. Um, that's the, that's, each of us should do that for ourselves. You have something typed out, you have something ready to send, even in a text message or an email. Stop, and just give it some time, right? Wait a little while, wait a few minutes, wait an hour, wait a day, and come back to it and say, is this really what I want to say? Is this really what I want to post? And as I stop and wait, I'm asking myself questions like, is this just careless? Or am I really angry and just need to let my anger cool down before I say anything? Or maybe this one, do I really know what I'm talking about? Do I really understand what I'm posting or commenting on? Or am I just quickly responding without really knowing the facts? So stop and give it some time would be the first thing to do. And as you're doing that, then you ask, why? Why am I doing this? Why am I posting this? Is this just about me? Is this to promote myself, to look good? Is this true, as we talked about? Can I verify these, this information? Is it kind? Is it thoughtful? Who is it going to help? Who is it going to build up? Okay. So ask why. Ask questions about why am I doing this? Is it about me? Is it about other people? And this one too, think ahead. Play it out in your mind. Okay, We don't always know what's going to happen. Sometimes we learn by experience. And we really think it's going to, be good what we post and then we find out later it was a mistake okay or someone took it the wrong way okay that happens but do the best you can to think ahead and play it out in your mind if I post this what's going to be the result of that what might people think what would they how would they respond to that okay what are going to be the ramifications of it All right who at church might be upset if I posted this okay uh, who might get their feelings hurt who might be left out as that was mentioned earlier okay that's you know, you have, to, you have to stop and think through a number of things to say, uh, what might happen? What might be the result? And ultimately, will this point people to God? Will people see my post and be led closer to God or encouraged to get closer to God by seeing this? So stop, ask yourself why you're doing it, and think about what the effects are going to be. Because it may be lawful, but not everything we post is going to edify and we want to do everything for others to encourage them, to help them, uh, and to imitate Jesus in our use of social media. Okay, so let's wrap up a little bit of uh, what we said today as we close. Um, thank you for being patient. I'm still gonna blame the group at the Mexican restaurant. You guys are the reason that you know we're still here. Um, but uh, let's, re- let's go through again what we, briefly what we've talked about today. Um, remember that we are simply trying to stop and think about what it is that we're doing as you leave here today just think Um, and think about being wise think about what paul said in first corinthians when he said all things may be lawful but not all things are profitable okay Whatever it is that, that you're thinking about, your social media accounts, your smartphone use, um, go beyond. Well, it's not a sin to have a smartphone, so therefore, I'm not going to do anything. Ask yourself, is it good? Is it helpful? Is it, is it good for me? All things are lawful, but Paul says, I will not be mastered by anything. Don't let your technology control you. Be the master of your phone instead of your phone running your life. Okay, Be in control. Don't let things master you. On that point, I will give you some some suggestions. If you're here tomorrow for the evening lesson, uh, Oak Mountain people, or if you're visiting, you'll hear some of this again. But here's some of the, I think, the best suggestions I can make. Um, If your parents have already restricted you having your phone in your room, that's excellent, and you should be thankful for that. All these tech guys that I mentioned at the beginning today, they all have the same rules for their kids. No phones in the bedrooms, period. okay. If that's not a rule, you make that a rule and say, I'm putting my phone up at a certain time at night, my phone's gonna power down and go to bed before I do, and then I'm gonna you know, wind down, go to sleep, wake up, start the next day as a normal human being, and then at some point, pick my phone up and use it for X, Y, or Z. So have that period of nighttime and morning time where your phone's put away and you're going to bed and then waking up in the morning. I would say uh, the special times in your life, like, you know, at a teen weekend with your friends, at home with your family around the dinner table, have the phone away. Uh, When you come to church, bring your Bible, leave your phone in the car or at home. Um, So reserve times and places from day to day where your phone is is put away. On your phone, uh, take apps off. So if you're going to have it, you know, be smart about it. You know the apps that are the time wasters, that are the ones that that control you, the ones that are the most harmful for you? Take those apps off. Work with your parents. Uh, There are a lot of tools now, there's screen time on iPhones and there's restrictions on all phones that you can say, I'm gonna restrict my phone from being able to download new apps, I'm gonna take off all the apps that aren't good for me and I'm gonna let my parents set a restriction on the phone so that the apps I have are the apps that I have and I know that the ones on there are safer, um, or are not gonna get me into trouble, okay? So set restrictions on your phone, um, and don't buy into this deception. This is a big thing just throughout today. Uh, Don't be fooled into thinking you have to have whatever it is, okay? Everybody's on Instagram, so I have to be on it. Everybody has a smartphone, so I have to have a smartphone. Those are are lies, and don't believe those lies. Uh, Do what's best for you, even if that makes you stand out as weird, to other people. Um, So I will not be mastered by anything. Instead, I'm going to meditate on God's word like we talked about in Psalm 1. I'm going to spend a few minutes every day sitting by myself and being quiet, praying to God, reading the scriptures. That's what I'm going to do. So all things are lawful, perhaps, but not all things, or sorry, but I will not be mastered. And then all things are lawful, but not all things edify. So if and when I use social media, I'm going to get on thinking, how can I be a blessing to other people? How can I encourage somebody else? How can I serve other people and not make it just about me? Okay, so now's the hard part, which is uh, doing something about this. And it's hard for two reasons. It's hard because it's just hard. These are hard things to to give up. It's also hard because it, it's up to each of us to decide for ourselves and work with our, you know, it's not going to look the same for every person. But have the conversations, think about it, work with your family, and, uh, and, and, Do your best to use wisdom in how we handle these things. All right. I hope uh, some of you are going to join us tomorrow and uh, hear some more lessons on this. But for now, I said what I want to say. Turn it back over to Bob. Well,
1: we we appreciate everybody being here. We appreciate all the kids that are here, the parents. gotten themselves here. Uh, this, is, this is the best attended one of these that we've done, I think. So um, we appreciate you making this a success. Appreciate Daniel and his uh, the work that he's put into it. He didn't just wake up this morning and start rambling and say all these things. This is hours and hours of preparation. And uh, we appreciate his, his good work. Uh, I thought about a passage in 2 Corinthians chapter 13, Ex- examine yourselves to see whether you're in the faith. Test yourself. So Daniel made this point. Think about what you're doing. Now, we used to have a little dog. Some of you met Roscoe. He was a, a dachshund, little weenie dog. And he was, pretty, he was a pretty smart dog. He'd try to play tricks on you, He'd try to make you think one thing and get you to do something else. And, And all that, he he could think. But the difference between Roscoe and us is we can think about how we think. He can think, but he couldn't think about how we think. We can think about how we think. Think about how you think about social media. That's one of the things that Daniel's trying to get us to do. And he's done very well today. Hope that we'll begin to think in those terms and wonder and test ourselves, examine ourselves, see if we're in the faith. appreciate everybody being here. I hope that you uh, have benefited from being here and uh, hope everybody's careful on their way home. Anything, anything else that we need to say? Adults in the room. Here's your, here's your chance. <laughs> and I appreciate the cooperation from the adults. A couple of times over there I kind of wanted to Make a comment, but I resisted, and good thing I did. All right. If we don't have.